from the Mercy One Studio. Thought of the Week with Monsignor Frank Bugnano every Wednesday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio and online at iowacatholicradio.com or the Iowa Catholic Radio app. This is Monsignor Frank Bugnano, Thought of the Week, Iowa Catholic Radio. You know, recently our bishop, Bishop Johnson here in Des Moines, has uh, asked that we emphasize in our parishes Eucharistic adoration, and he wrote a wonderful book on it, or not a book, but a whole paper on it. Uh, so the the bishop is really uh, for wanting this. And by the way, I've noticed other bishops around the country are doing the very same thing. There's, in fact, it's it's kind of a worldwide uh, emphasis. I guess the Holy Spirit is is doing it <laughs> uh, behind Eucharistic adoration. Now, what are we talking about? What are we? What we're talking about is this. As you know, at the Last Supper, on the night he was betrayed, our Savior instituted the Eucharistic sacrifice uh, of his body and blood. You know, he picked up the bread. This is my body. Picked up the wine. This is my blood. Take, eat, take a drink. Uh, This is my body. This is my blood. So, and ever since then, uh, the church has done that. From the earliest days of the church, in fact, the church is, it's called Mass. (laughs) From the earliest days, the church has not missed saying Mass every Sunday, ever since Jesus rose from the dead. It's just a historical fact, period. 2,000 years. Why? (sighs) Because he wants to nourish us. He wants to give us his body and blood himself under the appearances of bread and wine, his divinity. That's what he wants to do. And so, therefore, and uh, Pope John Paul II, St. John Paul II, by the way, said this. He said, the presence of Christ under the sacred species of bread and wine, is reserved after Mass, and that's in our, we call tabernacles, up in the front of the church there, that tabernacle, little box or whatever. In that tabernacle is a container called a ciborium, and in that ciborium are several hosts, the body and blood of Christ. And as he went on to say, the Pope went on to say, as long as the species of bread and wine remain, he is there. Wow. So remember this, and here's another thing he said. He has, he said so much. He loved Eucharistic adoration, which, by the way, I got. I suppose I should define it right off the bat. It simply is you or I going into church, uh, kneeling down or sitting down or whatever, and looking up there at that tabernacle. Jesus is there, and we just spend time with him. We can be quiet. Uh, we can say things, we can cry, uh, we can thank, but we're with Jesus, yeah. Uh, So, as he said, uh, Jesus is a person, not just an idea, a feeling, or a memory. No, no, no. Pope John Paul said, he's always alive and always is present with us. Jesus is present in the Eucharist. Beautiful. He goes on to say, the Eucharist in the Mass and outside of the Mass, like right now, you know, in your church, in your parish, wherever, there is the body and blood of, of Jesus Christ. And it is, it is therefore deserving of the worship that is given to God. Worship that is given to God alone. So that, <laughs> he really nails it. Wow. He says it's a priceless treasure by not only celebrating it at Mass, 
but by praying before the Eucharist outside of Mass, there we are enabled to make contact with the very wellspring of grace, and that prolongs and increases the fruits of our communion in the body and blood of Christ when we go to communion. I remember when he came to Des Moines, I was involved in the visit of the Pope here, what, you know, in 1979, we had thought of a motorcade. You know, we'd, that's what he, every, every place he went, Boston, Chicago, wherever else, Chicago, Philadelphia. Motorcade, right? From the airport to wherever he was going. And should we do a motorcade to the Living History Farms where he was going to say Mass? And we said, no. And at least in my mind, one of the reasons was, we'll probably go by the cathedral. He'll want to stop go in, kneel down, and pray for, I don't know, however long before the Blessed Sacrament. How do I know that? Because he did it wherever he went. And we didn't have, we only had him for five hours. So we didn't have enough time for to do So anyway, long and short, we decided to use helicopters, and and, and it was much better, of course, uh, much more efficient, time efficient. So he he was that way. Pope John Paul II, no matter where he went, if he figured there was the Blessed Sacrament somewhere in some church, somewhere near him, goodbye, he's there, kneeling down. He is right there. Um, beautiful. In fact, I was honored one time to be in his chapel with a few other folks before Mass, and probably 20 minutes before Mass started, he was going to say the Mass, and... Uh, there he was, kneeling down, right. In, I almost tripped over the guy. He on a, in a kneeler, right there. Uh, so yes, Eucharistic adoration. He's a saint. Come on, yeah. So Eucharistic adoration simply is going into church, and before the Blessed Sacrament, that is, the the the, the hosts are in the ciborium, which are in the tabernacle. Okay, Jesus is there, going there, and just having a face-to-face conversation with the Lord. That's it. In fact, uh, John Paul even uses those words. Uh, he says the uh, people look upon Christ in the Eucharist, and they can talk, he used the word, face-to-face as with a dear friend. Yeah. So that's, that's what we have the opportunity to do. So th- that's called adoration, right? Uh, now, when the when a large host is placed in a sacred vessel called a monstrance, it looks like a big sunburst, golden, you know, jeweled, uh, uh, and sat on the altar. Now you can actually see the host, and that's called that that is called exposition of the blessed sacrament. Um, Works either way. Either way, he's there, you know. Uh, but many churches have exposition of the blessed sacrament, so. I really, uh, really encourage you. In fact, John Paul says, I exhort people to continue going along this path before the gaze of Jesus, who's looking at them, give him their anxieties, their hopes, their sins, whatever. So I'll be right back. We're talking about Eucharistic adoration. Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning provided by Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Bell Construction. 
Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq des Moines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Catholic Women Now provided in part by Permar Security, providing security solutions for homes and businesses since 1953. Permar Security is a Catholic-owned family business supplying security systems, access control systems, video surveillance, fire alarm systems, and video doorbells. All alarm systems are monitored out of their monitoring center located in the state of Iowa. Permar Security, 515-244-5660, permarsecurity.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Dowling Catholic Sports is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic. With two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Craig Harper, the Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines. 515-440-4610 or online, ashworthvision.com. Senior Frank Bignano back again. We're talking about Eucharistic adoration. Everybody listening, golly, folks, uh, uh, our churches are open. Go in quietly there, and you, when you see the candle, you see a, wherever the Blessed Sacrament is present in a church, we have to have a candle. And you'll see that red candle somewhere in that area up there. That means, hey, guess what? Jesus is there. Jesus is there in the Holy Eucharist. And so why is he there? Well, you know, he never stops giving. He's there to give us something. Like, I've got a grace. I've got a gift for you. I I know of uh, two men who have been doing Eucharistic adoration. That is one hour a week uh, at at Saint Augustine Chapel. Saint Augustine has Eucharistic adoration twenty four seven in their chapel. Been having it for I think twenty seven years or something like that, and it's always open around right there on Forty Second and Grand. And uh, these men have said that similar thing. They've said something like, I've been doing this for 25, one guy 27, one guy 25 years. I wouldn't miss my one hour before Jesus for anything. I wouldn't miss that for anything. Wow. And and they these fellows uh, do adoration in the night because it's 24-7, which means, you know, nighttime too. And I know I, I ran it for quite a while, and it was difficult, of course, to get people to do the 3 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday night one or whatever. But we got people. People did it. And and once they once they got it, they, they just wouldn't miss it for the world. And, and the reason is because Jesus is there, as he always is, trying to give us something. He's a, he came to give. And he gives us his graces. Uh, so he's with us day and night saying to us, as in Matthew's gospel, come unto me, all you who are weary and find life burdensome, I will refresh you. So Jesus stays with us in the Blessed Sacrament to to refresh us in mind, heart, spirit. And he gives us, he loads on us all those graces that encourage us, console us, strengthen us, guide us, 
inspire us to, 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 to place our trust in his sacred heart so that the power of his love can, can cast out every fear or doubt or anxiety or worry that you've got. Pope uh, St. Pius X said, devotion to the Eucharist is the most noble because it has God as its object. It is the most profitable for salvation because it gives us the author of grace. It's the sweetest because the Lord is sweetness itself. He invented He invented sweetness, right? Right. So, yeah. And Archbishop Sheen, Bishop Sheen said the, the Eucharist is the point where God and the soul meet. God with all his grace, the soul with all of its wants. In fact, Bishop Sheen always prayed that he would die in adoration. He would die in church before the Blessed Sacrament. I don't know if that actually happened. I, I wish I knew. I'll have to check it out. But, yeah, that's what he used to say. Um, so the Pope asks for it. Uh, Pope John Paul II, again, I keep quoting him. Boy, he's a saint. Why not? And we knew him, right? Uh the encouragement and the deepening of Eucharistic worship are proofs that the authentic renewal which the Vatican Council set itself as an aim, and that is the central point. The church and the world have a need, great need, of Eucharistic worship. Yeah, Our, we do. Your family, my family, we have a need for that. Uh, Jesus w- waits for us in this sacrament of love. He's waiting. So, he said, let us be generous with our time in going to meet him in adoration and in contemplation. May our adoration never cease. This is what perpetual adoration is, adoration that never ceases. So, he's, again, the, he, because we're in such tumultuous times, said the Pope, it's important to look to the Eucharist. It must be the heart of priests and and consecrated, the light and strength of spouses in marriage, putting into practice the commitment of their covenant, fidelity, chastity in the apostolate, the idea, the ideal in education and in training children, adolescents and young people, the comfort and support of those people who are troubled, of the sick, all who are weeping in the Gethsemane of life. It must be for everyone the incentive to Fulfill the, what, the testament of divine charity in humble and joyful availability to our brothers and sisters. Wow, that is so amazing. Again, he's, (laughs) I keep saying this, I encourage Christians regularly, regularly, visit Christ, visit him present in the Blessed Sacrament, for we are all called to abide in the presence of God. Yeah, helps, of course, our personal relationship with Jesus. Right. You know, uh, one time he was talking to kids going to make their first communion. He told him, he said, Jesus is the best, greatest friend you'll ever have. Tell him your secrets. Tell him your joys. Tell him the things that are making you sad. Tell him about the people whom you love. Tell him he's right there. Perpetual adoration. He is present. Right. And by, but really, he says, uh, by, by, by putting Jesus in the Eucharist, one is able to establish a relationship with him out of the darkness of my life, out of my frustration. Wow. 
Jesus, I, I put one of the greatest things to love on this earth, myself there in the Blessed Sacrament. There you're going to find romance, glory, honor, fidelity, and the true way of all your loves on this earth. Wow. Again, <laughs> one of the great writers, Tolkien, one time said, I fell in love with the Blessed Sacrament from the beginning, and by the mercy of God, I've never fallen out of love again. That's what Tolkien said. He was a great adorer. Can you imagine that, Tolkien? A great adorer of the Eucharist of adoration. We're going to keep talking about that. We'll be right back. Monsignor Frank Bignano, Thought of the Week. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Since 1924, St. Vincent de Paul has been helping those less fortunate work towards self-sufficiency. Last year, St. Vincent de Paul helped over 20,000 individuals with food, clothing, and shelter, while also offering classes in financial literacy, high school completion, career readiness, and prisoner re-entry. SVDPDSM.org, 515-282-8327. Shop, donate, volunteer, serve. This message was brought to you by Homemakers Furniture. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. Blessman International partners with volunteers and donors to provide sustainable programs for children in South Africa by leading a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with vulnerable children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at blessmaninternational.org. That's blessmaninternational.org. Thank you, Blessman International, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Lee and Eddie in the Morning provided by Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Bell Construction. Are you ready for the Iowa Catholic Radio Golf Classic? Presented by the Liturgical Institute. Golf, build community, and have fun. Wednesday, June 23rd at Legacy Golf Club in Norwalk. Shotgun start at 10 a.m. Sign up at iowacatholicradio.com slash events. Monsignor Frank Bignano thought that we were talking about Eucharistic adoration. I do this myself a lot. <laughs> I won't go into how much exactly, but a lot. Uh, and that's a, the best part, of, honestly, of my day I look forward to is my time in the, in the chapel uh, before the Blessed Sacrament. No doubt that is that's the really the center of my day plus the mass later on in the day it it, it i don't know what i do without it honestly i'll be honest with you I, 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 anyway but but it's 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 amazing once once you it, once it gets going i remember one of my uh, a lot of great things happened by the way to people there okay uh for example one of my classmates from dowling who does Eucharist adoration at St. Augustine. I think he does like three in the morning or on Wednesdays or someday like that, right in the middle of the night. Anyway, he told me one time, he said, you know, can I tell you what happened to me at uh, Eucharistic adoration? I said, no, what happened? He said, well, I don't know if you ever noticed this or not, but 
I never say a negative thing about anybody. I, I'm sitting there going, I, I guess I, I never even thought much about that. But he said, you know why? I said, why? Well, I'm sitting there in the middle of the night before the Blessed Sacrament. And he said, a ray of light came from that host right across the chapel, bingo, right to my chest, right into my heart. And I just sat there. And after a while, the beam of light went away. Jesus was apparently touching my heart. Ever since then, I'm never, never able to say anything negative about anybody. I'm just tongue-tied, I guess. Yeah, things like that happen. It's amazing. In fact, at St. Augustine Church, um, we've had a couple of vocations. In fact, I've had over Christ the King, we've had a couple of vocations, too, from adoration. And these young people have said, it was adoration. That's when Jesus talked to me. This I got a letter from a nun in Ann Arbor. From uh, she was from Saint, she went to Dowling in, in Saint Augustine Parish, and uh, this I got this letter about a year ago, a couple years ago, and she said, "I'm just writing to thank you for Eucharistic adoration, Monsignor, because I would drop into the chapel occasionally, and it's there that I received my vocation to be a religious, and I got the same kind of letter that same year from a young priest in Oklahoma." <laughs> from from St. Augustine. He went to use our parish. Same kind of a letter. He said, I'm I'm enjoying my priesthood, da-da-da-da. And then he said, by the way, I need to, I'm writing to thank you for starting adoration, Eucharistic adoration at St. Augustine Parish. Because I would drop into that chapel every day after school and pray. And it was there that I received my vocation to be a priest. That that did it for me. I had a girl tell me <laughs> at Christ the King. She's a great girl. She's a nun now in in, uh, in Nebraska, and she I didn't know this. And when I found out she was going to the convent, she she told me. She said, "Well, remember when we were in eighth grade confirmation class, and you made all of us spend you know twenty minutes of, of class time or whatever before the Blessed Sacrament because we had our adoration at Christ the King as well." I said, yeah, I remember you, you guys had to do that. She says, well, when I was in eighth grade, before the Blessed Sacrament, I got the word, I got the call to, to join, join Jesus as a religious. Man, so, yeah, great things happen to people. I could go on and on. I, people have seen Jesus, <laughs> the face of Jesus in the host. I got a, oh man, this was a, <laughs> got that phone call from a guy one time. I was out playing golf with a couple of priests and my phone went off. I said, hello. And this guy introduced himself. I said, how you doing? And he said, I'm here in the Eucharistic chapel right now with a friend of mine. Yeah. And we're looking up at the host and it's the face of Jesus. And we thought it was the light. We didn't know what it was. We both looked face of Jesus right on that host. I said, well, hey. Kneel down, buddy. <laughs> Whatever. So what I'm trying to say is that not everybody's going to have these unusual experiences. You might, but you're all going to experience Jesus in one way or another. And the the best thing is peace. Um, Mother Teresa one time said that. She said, the time that you spend with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament will help bring about everlasting peace on the earth. 
our hours of adoration, see, her nuns had to spend one hour in adoration every morning. Our hours of adoration will be, will be special hours of reparation for sins, intercession for the needs of the whole world, exposing the sin, sick, and the suffering humanity to the healing, the sustaining, and the transforming rays of Jesus radiating out from the Eucharist. That's what she said. So you see, only Jesus has the power and love to redirect the course of our history back to the path of peace, and boy, do we need that. And so he promised that. Remember, the Eucharist brings peace to all hearts, and peaceful hearts create a peaceful world, and anybody can participate in adoration. You don't have to be a Catholic, whatever. Anybody can go in for and, and spend time with Jesus. I suggest an hour a week. An hour a week? Look, folks, look at how many one-hour things you, you, you and I have blown, just been wasted. Come on. In fact, I remember one great spiritual person one time said, God is in charge of time. He can expand and contract time. You, need, you spend an hour before Jesus, he'll stretch the time. Oh, suddenly I've got all this time to do all this stuff. Why? He stretched it. Yeah, he's in charge of time. Yeah, so, but at least spend some time. Just walk, start off maybe with 20 minutes or five minutes or whatever. Let it grow. So Eucharistic adoration, great practice. Lots of grace there. Lots of grace. Just waiting. So give it a shot. Drop into one of our churches and just pray for a few minutes. This Monsignor Frank Bignano, Thought of the Week, Iowa Catholic Radio. Join Iowa Catholic Radio every Wednesday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. for Thought of the Week with Monsignor Frank Pugnato. Listen online at iowacatholicradio.com or on the Iowa Catholic Radio app.